Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go, let's turn it up. All right, crowdfunders. How is everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? Hopefully you guys are doing well. Uh, I am Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, the host of Successfully Funded, and you might be wondering, you know, maybe you are one of the, you know, the only person on the planet who has just randomly stumbled across the podcast and you're 30-some seconds in and you're like, I'm going to go ahead and listen to it. I like the way this guy's vibe is. I'm going to I'm gonna learn about crowdfunding. I've never thought about crowdfunding, but today's the day. I'm going to do it. So what we do here on Successfully Funded is we talk to project creators, uh, typically while they're in the middle of a campaign um, and, you know, and they're right in the middle of it, right? They're, they're right in the middle of the battle. Uh, they're raising the money that they need to get their their product, their idea off the ground. And we like to talk to them then so that we know the information that we're getting is as hot as possible. So that's what we do here. Uh, we typically try to do two episodes a week. I think we might have missed one last week. It happens. Sometimes we have cancellations and, you know, the world is going, you know, the world's happening right now, obviously. So, you know, we do what we can here. But um, so coming up on today's episode, we're going to be talking about shoes. Yeah, that's right. And not just any sort of shoes. Good looking shoes. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be talking to Milton Francesca. Francesca. That's fun to say. Francesca. I think that's from uh, Elf, right? Milton Francesca. I hope I said that right. If I didn't say it right, I just said it wrong a bunch of times. Uh, but Milton is from the Milton Shoe Company, and he's got some absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous looking men's shoes. And it's hard for me not to pick up three or four pairs right now. Um, you know, if the issue with my car that we'll get to in a minute isn't happening, I might have to pick up uh, the Chelsea boot that this guy has made. It's awesome. Uh, he's got a great backstory about his um, his family's been in the shoe business, it seems like, forever. They own a factory over in Portugal. So we're going to get all into that coming up on on, a, on my interview here in a little bit. So, But before we get to there, what's been happening? I mean, outside of the world kind of collapsing in on itself uh, with the massive hurricanes, flooding, fires, earthquakes, um, you know, what else? I mean, seriously, I think we got another earthquake eventually or uh, a hurricane coming probably down the road. Man, it's been exhausting as a uh, to just you know, to just see all this stuff kind of happening to people. It's just whew, a lot going on. But, um, but yeah, so what else has been going on? So for me personally, we kind of had a bad day last Saturday. Uh, and I don't think I had an episode. So we had a little bit of time off, but woke up Saturday morning and uh, found out that my parents' uh, dog passed away. Uh, his name was Chevy. And boy, was that a hard, that was a hard one. Um, we actually, the week prior to that, got to spend the weekend with them kind of on our little mini quick vacay, and which was great because um, the kids got to hang out. And, and, and Chevy was about 14, maybe 15, uh, so he was older, there's no doubt about it, but he just literally um, got done eating his morning breakfast, was laying in my mom's bed and made a whimper, and that was it. And um, yeah, so I woke up Saturday morning about 6 in the morning with my dad calling me. Um, just hysterical crying. It really hurt. I think it really hit him hard. So it was sad. So yeah, still, still, still bites me a little bit. There's no doubt about that. It's, it's been challenging, um, just cause the, the, the kids have been talking about it a lot, you know, just, um, it's, I think it's kind of for them, maybe their first real, um, you know, um, conversation around what death is, you know, the fact that they're not going to see Chevy again. So yeah, well, it's been uh that was that was a tough one, man. I can't it just bit me again. I gotta I gotta I gotta move forward. Gotta gotta put on the man and uh, get through this get through this uh, opening. But yeah, so so I've been feeling really bad for my parents because it's definitely hit them hard. Uh, you know they uh, that was a good dog. Boy, these dogs, man, they just they just get you. So what else is what else is going on? Maybe we can uh, flip a little bit. I can have my car broke down. Yeah, I think the alternator's gone. So I got that going on. I'm going to make some phone calls tomorrow and see uh, see what that price point's going to be. You know, it's a it's an 11-year-old car with like 240,000 miles on it. It's been a good car. There's no doubt about it. But I'm in that now position of, all right, what's this going to cost? 
And then what's the next thing? The next thing is going to be, I know I need tires and brakes, so I got that going on. So is it better to just stop and, and go and get something? But then I don't want a lease and I don't want payments. I don't want the big insurance. I just don't want all that stuff. Man, you know what? I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I just decided I'm going to take this intro into full-on rant mode. You guys want to go with me? Let's all, let's go down full-on rant mode. So here's the other thing. Okay, so the car, I got that issue going on. Yeah, my parents' dog passed away. But here's the third one that's really in my crawl right now. Little League Baseball that my son's a part of. Mm-hmm. I said it. I am, I'm so pissed off that I would be the dad that, that, um, I want to write somebody. I don't know who I'm writing. I don't know who I'm calling. I don't know where I'm making this big ruckus, but I want to make it. And I want to make it loud. So let's break this down here. So Atticus is six. Um, He just joined um, Fall Ball. It's called over here in in Farmington. And he mostly did this because he's got two or three other friends that are doing it. And he's got got a lot of friends on the team. So that's fun. So I got pushed into coaching on Tuesday of last week, Um, you know, which is fine. You know, I can't coach every Saturday because of the, the church work, but I'm, I'm, I'm there, right? So let's break this down here. This is why I'm pissed off about it. <laughs> and when I say that, I'm going to have to put an explicit language on this because I'm so upset about it. But um, so he's six, right? So he's in a league right now that has now decided that instead of it being machine pitch, it's coach pitch. The coaches have to pitch from like 40 feet away, 30 feet away, something like that. It's incredibly challenging for a uh, for anybody to throw the ball, you know, to a very small person, um, not very hard, and with a bunch of act, you know, with consistency, so that the you know the kids who have barely ever swung can hit the ball. The next thing is our team is full of people who just came up from T-ball, or people very similar to Atticus. He's never played before, right? So he is. I mean, literally, he's had a twenty-minute practice. That's it. Outside of us kind of, you know, joking around in the yard and playing some. So he can't catch, can't hit. They're also playing with a hard ball, like a hard baseball. What? Why can't they play with a softer ball? They make them. I'm not talking about a softball. I'm just talking about a baseball size that's a little softer. So if they get hit, it doesn't hurt. So case in point, Addy is like the first at bat for fall ball. He's like, you know, he's he's the first batter, first game, second pitch in. The ball hits him in the arm, and he's done. And it hurt. I don't. I'm not blaming him. He got hit right in the elbow. Right. No. No meat. Just all bone. And he's out. That's it. He's done. Doesn't. I'm not mad. That's that hurts, right? So then, the other, here's the other thing: is they make the catchers have to put on the gear, right? They got to have a catcher in this in this league. The gear is for like a 12 year old. None of the gear fits. It also takes about 20 minutes to put gear on a six-year-old. So if you're any, familiar at all with catching, you can understand that this, this takes a lot of time too. So we've got that problem going on. Next up in this beautiful arrangement, uh, arrangement of, of baseball, in the second inning, each team has to have a pitcher pitch the ball from 40 feet away, and they call balls and strikes. We have one player on our team that can throw it even 40 feet. My son can't do it. So all the kids do is just walk whatever it is, eight times, six times until they're like, okay, that's it. Switch innings. That's it. That's enough. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm blown away by this. There's no fundamentals conversation. We're not talking about the fundamentals of hitting feet work, hips, hands, just, just hitting the ball off a tee. There's not a single moment where, you know, I, I, none of our kids can even catch the ball. We're playing with hard balls. We've got coaches that are attempting to pitch, which I don't blame them because what they're asked to do is very challenging. And how is this? So, again, it all comes down is that the reason this system is set up is so that we can find maybe an all-star out of this and pluck them out and put them in some AAU game while the rest of the people can enjoy a great game, you know, I mean, I remember I have, there's videos of me probably being 10 or 11 still playing. Well, maybe not that old. Definitely probably eight or nine. Maybe even a little bit older. You know, maybe it was that old. I'll have to ask my, my dad. Of playing t-ball, learning how to hit, learning the game, learning positions, learning how to catch, learning how to field, all that sort of stuff. Man, my son doesn't have that. And I, it's pissing me off. And boy, it's pissing me off to the point where I actually want to do something about it. So, so that's what's going on around here.
that's a little glimpse into one Wednesday away. Oh, and we got school back in. So kids, they're, we're on our first full week over here. Got the house back, kind of a little bit quiet. So that's nice. So man, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And I want to buy a pair of Milton shoes, but I got I to gotta get my car fixed first, I think. I think. If not, I might, I might just pick up a pair because they're cool looking. All right. Why don't we go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll stop my ranting. I'll stop bitching about all the stuff. I hope everybody, by the way, I want to push um, a little love out there too. I hope everybody's well. Uh, all of our Florida listeners, California listeners, Mexico, I, all of our listeners out there. I mean, there's so much going on. Hope everybody's staying safe right, staying, staying safe right now. Um, hopefully everybody's doing well. And uh, if you guys need anything, you guys know where to find me. And uh, all right. Okay, let's get my conversation with the Milton from the Milton Shoe Company. Let's go talk about some shoes here. All right. All right, Milton, the red light is on. Pressure's on. You can probably feel it already here. My hands are shaking. The beads of sweat are dripping down the forehead. It's going to be all right. So why don't we do a quick sound check here? Why don't we start with, um, so what did you have for breakfast this morning? I had two eggs, an avocado, a piece of toast, a banana, and a glass of almond milk. Now that's probably the best breakfast that we've ever had on the, whenever I, I asked so. that question. I mean, yeah, that's a, you get protein in there. You, mm-hmm. It sounds like you got your, uh, your fruits and your vegetables. I mean, that's just a, well, no vegetables, but you got your ah. fruits. It sounds like that's a, that's a good breakfast. That reminds me, I forgot my protein shake. Got to go back to that. Oh, well, you know, the eggs were in there and, and uh, you know, that's good. So, well, cool. That sounds like a good breakfast. Now I'm, I'm getting ready for lunch here, uh, my time zone. So uh, I'm, I want to eat here soon. But uh, all right, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So why don't you tell my listeners um, what you are currently raising money for on Kickstarter? Yeah, so uh, the backstory is uh, the Milton Shoe Company was created um, about a year ago. Um, between my partner and I, Brigitte Fozzi, she's a, a marketing and PR specialist. Uh, and I train in a, a martial art called Krav Maga. So she was my student. Um, hmm. And my family owns a factory in Portugal. So my grandfather and his father, they were all shoemakers. Um, and I had no interest in shoes um, until a couple of years ago. I went back to the factory and I, and I started uh, asking a lot of questions. So... Um, that's what we're creating money for our own brand called the Milton shoe company. Interesting. Well, you know, so there's lots of shoes out there. Uh, what type of shoe is this? I mean, what does it kind of look like? I mean, describe it a little bit for, uh, for our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll get into a little bit more of the story. So like, as I was saying, my family's been doing this for years. Um, and, uh, it's called a Goodyear welted shoe and it's the, uh, the most labor intensive type of shoe you can get. There's about 170 steps involved in the process. Um, which makes it extremely durable, uh, weather resistant, especially for the weather here in uh, in Canada, a little south uh, north of the border, uh, making it a little like, a little crazy sometimes. So uh, the soles are actually resolable, and the shoe itself, the upper, will last easily 10 to 15 years, um, if not longer, if you're taking proper care of the leather. So my whole um, idea was to create more of an intangible. Um, or to relay the intangible feeling behind what we want the Milton Shoe Company to represent through a tangible product. I've been um, teaching martial arts for about uh, 10 years now. Uh, I used to be a swim instructor. I'm in the military. So my life is very heavily based around inspiring and helping others. Um, and, I, and I also mm-hmm. had a strong passion for entrepreneurship. So I didn't really know how to um, merge all of that together. So uh, when I came across this shoe opportunity, I was like, hey, you know what? Something starts to click. And Brigitte and I sat down, had a, had a conversation about what we can do here. And we wanted to provide an experience uh, beyond just buying a pair of shoes. I mean, like you said, there are um, sure. hundreds, if not thousands of different shoe companies that exist. What are we going to bring to the table that's different? And it's more of the uh, image uh, along with the quality, I mean, you can get shoes that have been doing this for hundreds and hundreds of years and get similar quality, uh, but we bring that to the table plus more of an experience. So through our Kickstarter, what you can do is you can uh, have a personal quote inside your shoe. So one of my favorites is, uh, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right by Henry Ford. So that's something that you can have uh, personalized in your shoes. 
Um, everything from the green soul to the green lining, which represents uh, growth, harmony, and balance, to the arrow pointing forward on the bottom of the shoe are all little symbols and reminders of the entrepreneurial um, lifestyle. So each one of our shoes is named after an actual entrepreneur, someone in our network. Um, the most exciting one, uh, or the most recent one, I shouldn't say most exciting, uh, is Elias Theodore, who is a, he's a UFC fighter here in um, uh, in Toronto. And uh, through my um, connections, I was able to connect with him and, and share the story with him. He's like, yeah, absolutely, I, I would love to be a part of that. Uh, another one is Joseph Ning, um, named after our, our Shaker Shoe, who is the uh, CEO and president of uh, Umoro. Uh, I actually went to high school with him, and he has a, a very successful yeah. um, uh, uh, company. He started off with a shaker bottle, and uh, now he has a, a apparel added to his line. So we wanted to not just have, like, um, on jeans, if you have the name of the Jake or the Kane or, or whatever, and it's just like a, it's just a name. We actually have a name and a story and a face behind each one of our shoes. So um, that's the whole yeah. uh, package of what we offer. Yeah, that's great. I mean, when I kind of first stumbled upon you a few weeks ago here and, and started to reach out, I mean, that's that's what stuck out to me is that it just feels like these are, um, it, yes, shoes, but there's 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 so much story to them and, and backstory and and history around these things that it's got to make you feel uh, just amazing that you're kind of tying all the, all of these kind of worlds together uh, right, for this product. Right, and that's and that's the idea, right? We want people to every time they put on their shoes, feel comfortable because they're wearing high quality shoes and getting them directly from the factory, um, but also have a little bit more meaning. Yeah. Like um, uh, I was talking to one of my friends and he was he, he was telling me about uh, the glasses that he wears and how they're made out of recycled wood and, and how there's no other pair like them. You know, that's, that's an amazing story. There's a little bit more meaning behind why you're putting your dollars mm-hmm. towards something. Um, and that to me means something, like I mentioned. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, I love shoes. I love the process of making shoes. Uh, my background is actually civil engineering. That's what I did in school. Um, so I, 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 I love the process of building things. And I think that's why the Goodyear Welted Shoes having 170 intricate steps um, really spoke out to me. But for me, it's also uh, being able to uh, relay that message of living life on your own terms which is kind of an intangible thing. I mean, you can only say that using so many words, but having a product that symbolizes that every time you put it on in the morning, um, it's going to sound kind of cheesy, but you're starting your day on the right foot, uh, you, you know, <laughs> is, uh, is kind of yeah, the idea yeah. of what we want to relay to our customers. That's great. That's great. Well, we, I mean, we, we, we've kind of danced around a lot of yeah. kind of your, your background and stuff, but uh, um, where did Toronto, you grow up? Uh, born and raised in Toronto. Uh, my, okay. my parents are both Portuguese. So uh, like most typical Europeans uh, or Portuguese people, what they do after school ends for two months of summer, uh, they put us on a plane and, and ship, uh, ship us off to Portugal. So I spent all my summers in Portugal. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, it was very, very blessed wow. and fortunate. Wow. It was fantastic. Uh, up until the age of 14 or 16, um, and that's where I spent a lot of time at the factory. I, I would actually play soccer in the parking lot all the time, never spent much time uh, inside the factory um, until the later few years. And I, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I had always wondered, I mean, they had this really big French client uh, that they make thousands and thousands of, of um of shoes for and I would get a pair of shoes here and there uh, and I'd ask how much the shoes were and they tell me well these sell in France for about uh, five six hundred euros and I was like what like that's that's insane like that's extremely wow. expensive so um, yeah I again I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. um, intrinsically uh, or in- inherently go towards hey I want to be a shoemaker because that's what my my family does um, I was in engineering, and, and it wasn't until one of my uncles came to Canada, um, and uh, he started doing a little bit of, uh, of research and seeing how everyone was wearing Chelsea boots. He went back to Portugal, um, and he asked me to bring back a pair of Chelsea boots. Uh, and those are the boots I always wear still to this day in, in the summer sometimes. I'm, I'm out wearing my Chelsea boots because that's how it all started. Um, <laughs> but I brought back that pair of Chelsea boots, and um, I walked into every single store. 
and I asked people, hey, are you guys interested in uh, um, making your own shoe line? So I started making private label shoes for a few different uh, designers and retailers. And through there is when I, I spoke to my partner, Brigitte, and um, her and I decided to start our own brand. So that's how the, the whole Milton Shoe Company, um, in a little bit more detail, came to fruition. So yeah, I spent most of my summers in, um, uh, in Portugal. I love the heritage. I, I love being there. It's a beautiful country. And part of it is being able to go back. It's one of the perks uh, every couple months and just spend time with a lot of my family there um, and also get away from the constant scenery of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it your grandparents that, that, are, that had the factory? Uh, uh, it was, uh, yes, my, um, my, on my mom's side, they're all shoemakers. Mm -hmm. All my uncles work at the factory. Uh, mm. and my grandfather was a cobbler, uh, but it was, uh, his sons that started the factory. So they started yeah. in the wow. late, uh, sixties, late sixties. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did your parents do then in Toronto when uh, you were growing up? Yeah. My, uh, my dad's a, uh, a millwright. And uh, my mom's just uh, a laborer. She's a seamstress. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of how, how did, what was it, was it talked about a lot, the factory and stuff? Was it like a major part of conversations, like around shoes and stuff as you were kind of growing up? Or like, you know, was shoes always a, a part of, of like, you know, I don't know, shoes weren't a part of my, my, my life outside of some Jordans for basketball, right? Like, all right, I got, a, you know, I got some Jordans, I got my football cleats or whatever, and that was it. But, you know, I'm just wondering, like, yeah. if, if you just were always kind of just talking about it, like the parents and grandparents and uncles. No, like my, my family, my mom and dad, not really. Um, they, they didn't really talk about that very much. Um, it was always, you know, the engineering, like the, the building stuff, like getting into that, like mm -hmm. corporate kind of uh, world. Um, but whenever I'd go back, absolutely. I mean, I come from a, uh, or my mom comes from a, a very small uh, town, and they're all in the shoe industry there. So you go there, and you're surrounded by shoes everywhere. Um, so it was constant talking about shoes here, shoes there. And my grandfather, absolutely. I still remember, um, you know, he wouldn't let us leave the house with, like, a proper pair of shoes. Um, and they had to be absolutely <laughs> spotless. Um, and I remember his little, they've, they've all passed away, my grandparents. Um, but I remember, yeah. uh, you know, him in his, in his little, little bench, like typical, like you see in pictures or movies, uh, his workbench, just hammering away nails, fixing the neighbor's shoe or, uh, you know, we'd be walking down the street and, uh, someone would be like, Oh, Hey Manuel, can you fix my pair of shoes? Or well, when are these going to be ready? Right. So there was that constant conversation, um, in the summer. Right. Uh, which makes it interesting because I would spend about 10 months of my life um, never talking about or thinking about shoes. And after I stopped going to Portugal, <laughs> even less. Um, and somehow I still found my way back into that heritage. So it was, I mean, it, it's, right, it's right. in the blood and it's, right. it's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Well, you know, so kind of just around creating your own brand, what's been sort of the biggest challenge uh, that you face? Uh, kind of since 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 trying to create your own your own product line here. Yeah, so definitely the biggest challenge is just getting people to recognize what you're doing, um, especially mm -hmm. in today's day. Everything is just so fast paced. No one's going to really uh, take 10, 15 minutes to to read or um, even listen or watch a video for that long, right? So uh, being concise yeah. and direct and, and trying to relay the message and what you're doing as um, clearly as possible. Um, and getting people to understand why you're worth their time, um, because time is, is such a hot commodity these days, has been the biggest challenge. So getting eyeballs, getting people to see, hey, we exist, um, we're kind of like the little nobodies in comparison to huge brands that have been around for, for so many years, right? Sure. Uh, so that's right. definitely been the challenge. I mean, we have our Kickstarter going on right now. Uh, it's live until September 22nd. So, uh, what is that? Another, uh, 11 days or so. 11 days. Um, or, yeah. 11 yeah. Days. So we have that going on and it's the Milton shoe company, um, live on Kickstarter. So we're fully funded, which is fantastic. Um, we got funded in, in two days, actually less than two days, less than 48 hours. Um, but that was mostly friends and family. So now getting out there and getting people to recognize what we're doing um, is a constant, uh, constant hustle, constant push. Sure. So it's kind of my, my follow up to that would be, um, you know, obviously, you know, you know what shoes 
are, but, but where was the moment where you knew that you had something kind of on your own, like that you just, I don't know, the feedback was so good or you got that first pair. Was there a moment that just kind of everything kind of clicked and you knew you had to kind of keep, keep going yeah, with this idea? There was a, a very definitive period of, of maybe a couple of months where um, I was working full time. Uh, I was working as a uh, uh, account executive, uh, so I was making about 75 calls a day, uh, minimum, uh, selling conferencing services. And um, I mean, I love the people. I'm still friends with them today, but I absolutely hated my job. Like I hated sitting behind a desk and, and just <laughs> dialing, dialing, dialing all day, right? Um, so I, I started with uh, uh, one client that I found on, on Queen Street, which is a very popular street near my, um, uh, near my house for fashion and, and retail. And uh, it was just perfect place, perfect time. Like he was having trouble with one of his factories in Portugal. Um, and I kind of just swooped in and said, hey, my uncles can make better shoes at a better price. Plus you have me to deal with face to face. Um, mm-hmm. so you're you're mm-hmm. secure uh, in, in your purchases and, and your dealings, your, your business. He's like, all right, let's give it a shot. So we got a um, uh, first batch of shoes uh, within a couple of weeks of our conversation. And I was ecstatic. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Um, and I didn't even have my own pair of shoes from the factory yet. I mean, this was just, I had that one Chelsea boot and my red notebook, right? So right. I, the, the <laughs> moment I was like, you know what? I got to be repping the brand. I mean, I got to ask the factory to make me a pair of shoes. So I asked them to make me a pair of Chelsea boots and a pair of um, uh, derbies. Uh, the Chelsea boots were supposed to be in a, um, uh, sorry, uh, desert boots, not Chelsea boots. The desert boots were supposed to be uh, in a brown pull-up leather and the shoes were supposed to be in a, uh, a gray leather. And they mixed them up. They switched them up. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, like they can't even get two pairs of shoes right. Like I'm kind of screwed here. <laughs> Uh, but it was right. a blessing in disguise because the the great desert boot um, is uh, is one of the boots on our line. It's called the Hunger, and it's one of our best sellers. So I would wear those boots. Um, I still do. I wear them around all the time, and people just love seeing them, and they always comment on them. They're like, "Hey, those shoes are really cool. Like they're awesome." They ask me questions about it, and because of people's natural interest. I was like, I think I got something here, you know, and, and they were super comfortable. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I wear them between those and my Chelsea boots. Those are the only shoes that I wear uh, or I'm barefoot training in the gym. Right. Um, so, right, yeah, right. That, that was the moment. And then with um, uh, my client, whose name is, is also Jeff, <laughs> he uh, he started putting in more <laughs> orders and more orders. So the shoes were selling well on his end. And it was the same type of shoe, the same type of Goodyear welted shoe. Uh, so I was like, hey, I think I got something here. So, yeah, that's when I quit my job. Um, and, uh, uh, oh, there's uh, saying something is going on here. I don't know if you're seeing that on your end. Critical. Or, oh, okay. I am not, no. Critical, critical error, error, saving wave, object event. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just closed that. But, uh, yeah, that. Yeah, we, we got through it. We, got, we, got we all it. got through we got it together, it, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Crisis averted. Um so yeah, that that was definitely the moment or uh, like moments leading up to I got to quit my job and I got to just focus as much energy as possible as I can on this. So it sounds like, I mean, I think you're a great person to ask this to. It sounds, you know, you've obviously got lots of stuff going on right now. You've got a live campaign. Uh, you've got the, the training and all this sort of the martial arts and stuff. So are there any sort of like, um, you know, tips or techniques that you do to kind of stay focused um, or, or keep yourself organized. Are there any tools that you use? Anything that you're doing to kind of keep up on on the kind of the, the day to the day to day hecticness that we are in right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I live by my calendar. Um, I'm also in the military, so that that helps a lot. Um, I'm, a, I'm a reservist, um, so that discipline uh, is is really important to me. I mean, um, I was just away in New Brunswick for three months doing my my training. Um, and it was constant every day, waking up at five, uh, working out for an hour, you have about 10 minutes to eat and just pushing yourself as much as possible. And a lot of people ask me, they're like, Hey, how are you able to do all those things? Like, how do you, you know, you're a martial arts instructor, uh, you have a shoe company, you're in the military. Um, I just recently got into a little bit of acting. Um, (laughs) and, and I tell them like, you know what, everything that I do 
enhances everything else that I do. So being in the military reminds me how important discipline is. So um, like doing things in that moment right away, it's not a matter of, hey, I'm going to answer that email tomorrow or later on, I'm going to remember to call this person. It's right then and there. I got to do that right away. Um, and a, a, a kind of like a, a little uh, reminder that I have for myself is set it and forget it. So I'll set a date or I'll set a reminder and I won't be dwelling on that specific thing until I have to do it. Maybe depending on what it is, like if it's a presentation that I have to prepare, I'm not going to, you know, prepare it <laughs> 10 minutes before going in. Uh, but I'll, I'll allocate time um, to do that. And just that instead of trying to manage uh, 25 million other things, right? right. I'll set my sure. phone on silent and I'll be like, okay, if I dedicate uh, 20 minutes of, of focused time to this, I'll be able to finish in 20 minutes instead of um, an hour or two hours of answering emails, answering phone mm-hmm. calls, uh, watching YouTube or, or Netflix <laughs> or whatever, right? So just really having that concentrated focus actually saves you a lot of time. Um, and people can push themselves a lot more than they realize um, like I said, I was out in New Brunswick and our days are about uh, 18, sometimes 19 hours of constant physical and mental, um, I'm not going to say abuse, but uh, um, a, <laughs> a, 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 work, a work. Yeah, there you go. A work. That's a good word. <laughs> uh, so, you know, when you get to the point where you're like, how much more can your body and your mind take? You still have like 50, 60 percent left in the tank, which I find absolutely amazing. And I draw on all those experiences. Um, to push me when I don't feel like getting up in the morning uh, and I don't feel like dealing with a customer or an issue that's um, a little bit scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Well, how about, you know, how about, again, because of the busyness, what do you do to kind of just unplug, give yourself maybe a, a break? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, training for me is um, is great, like going into the gym and uh, doing a little bit of boxing uh, hitting pads and even just teaching a class, um, mm-hmm. it, it it kind of re-energizes me and it, it reminds me of why I do what I do um, because everything is seemingly so unrelated. Um, it, it may sound that that's not accurate, but it really is. Uh, everything is yeah. just connected and drawing from all these different wells, if you will, um, mm-hmm. is what fuels what what I do. Right, so. Um, hitting pads is definitely my number one. I love it. and eating. I like eating too. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, of eating uh, good food. Like I, I, I love staying healthy um, and also staying focused um, on my goals. It, it's a huge stress reliever. Like reminding myself why I do what I do instead of just blindly doing it and going through the motions. So taking like every morning, I'll meditate for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, just sit down, close my eyes, and it's a combination of um, receiving whatever comes through to me and also uh, focusing on what I want the outcome of certain situations to be. So, yeah. Right. That's yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, let's flip, over, let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter campaign, which is why we, why we are chatting today. So, you know, so you've, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, you've got um, a couple weeks to go here. Um, and you're over your goal, but you know, you're, yeah, everybody, you know, you can always be pushing, pushing yeah. more in. Right. Um, so yeah, right. So, you know, after having conversations with your partner and stuff, but how did you feel like, you know what, we should go to Kickstarter to launch this brand or to get this first, the, 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 these first orders, uh, orders out there, not as opposed to maybe some traditional methods, like, like, like why Kickstarter? Yeah. So, uh, Kickstarter is, uh, um, is a great pl- a platform. It's been, uh, true, tried and tested. Um, we did try to run, uh, our own little, not try, we, we ran it and it was successful just on our website, uh, last year in June, um, and just to raise the funds for the Kickstarter and a uh, proof of concept. So it was again, just, uh, friends mm-hmm. and family, um, like, you know, very limited amount of pairs. Uh, we just got them on people's feet. Uh, we did that. And then we were like, okay, we can extrapolate this. We can do this on a bigger scale and we're ready for the world. And the next uh, logical step was to go to uh, to Kickstarter um, just because of the success of similar campaigns have had. Um, people in a Kickstarter community are a lot more understanding of and open to new ideas. 
so it was a little bit of, uh, of an easier sell. Um, plus the community already exists. We, we thought, we debated between the idea of, hey, do we want to go to retail? Um, what do we want to do here? Uh, but it kind of went against what we were trying to do, which was direct from factory. And you go to retail, you got to have the markups for retail. Uh, we did have a few conversations yeah. with retailers and they, they love the shoes. Um, uh, one particular was uh, uh, ready to go with an offer. Um, but we run into the same issues and we had this conversation between my partner and I of, hey, do we want to be dealing with managing all this stock with the retailer? Like we're a new brand. You know, what if they don't pay it? Like all those big, scary questions, right? Yep. Uh, like how do, how do yep. we want to move forward with this? And we figured that um, Kickstarter was the, the best way uh, for uh, further proof of concept and also um, the, the safest way uh, and what made most sense with the message we were trying to relate. So everything just, just fit really, really well with the Kickstarter platform. Yeah. So w- when you're at kind of uh, ground zero here of starting this sort of, you know, you know, getting out into the market, and again, we've talked about it a little bit before too, of just, you know, we, there's a lot of shoe companies. Wh- how do you stand back and go, we're going to go take this on, we're going to find our, our, our niche, we're going to go find our audience? You know, what's that sort of, mental makeup that needs to happen for you to, to jump on board and to go, you know, we're going to go find our audience. Yeah. So, um, that's, that was uh, tricky at first. My partner is, um, she's an expert in PR and marketing. She's been doing it for 25 years. So that was definitely a lot of trust put in her hands. Um, and she's mm-hmm. done a great job, uh, just getting people to, you know, take a look at us and consider us. So, um, that, that, that was huge. I mean, I, I can't answer that uh, fully from her perspective because it, it's, it's right. only her perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. But going out and finding people, again, it, it has been the biggest challenge um, for us. So it's, it's a constant, like, doing collaborations with other similar brands. Um, another thing that we're doing is uh, I reached out to a few local brands um, in the same category of accessories, one of them being Stolen Riches. Uh, they make shoelaces, very, very similar story to ours. The, the uh, company has been around for about 100 years. His grandfather used to make shoelaces and the, the factory just passed down. Um, so each one of our shoes comes with a pair of shoelaces. Um, another yeah. one, yeah. Very cool. Uh, another one is we reached out to um, a pocket square company. So um, because we didn't have a very big list, uh, what what I did was I contacted these different brands and I said I was like, hey, uh, if you email your list, we'll um, we'll offer you a better deal on our shoes. Plus, um, you know, we'll we'll work something out to be able to um, give your customers your product at a discounted rate too. So just kind of coming up with ideas like that. Um, I don't know if they're clever or not. I mean, it, it was kind of just 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 being yeah, no, resourceful. Smart. I don't know if anyone else has that. I'm sure it's not mm-hmm. groundbreaking um, uh, thought process, right? Uh, but just being resourceful yeah. with with the limited funds that we had to start off, um, and the uh, the lack of eyeballs that we had, right? So leveraging people. Um, same mm-hmm. thing with uh, the entrepreneurs that we chose. Uh, their stories are fantastic. We love their stories. They're inspirational. They're motivational. They're relatable. Um, but they also have a following. So it gives us uh, a little bit more credibility um, when someone puts their face and their name behind what we're doing and they believe in us, right? Right, right. Very cool. That's Yeah, I, all those I think are great ideas. I mean, yeah, I, we've heard them before, but it's, it's constantly reminding people of saying, yeah, you just look what's around you. Right. You don't need to be global. Right. right? There might be somebody in your backyard that might be able to, to really help your project. So, so, so you know, again, this might, this might here uh, be a dumb question because the campaign's successful, but is there anything that you would have done differently if you could on this campaign? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is successful and there's no such thing as a dumb question, but um, there's, there's always more. There's always more that can be done. Um, even looking at, at some similar campaigns, uh, they have been way more successful than us. Um, and the question is always why and how, right? So, one of the things I would have definitely uh, spent a little bit more time on um, is the ramp up to the Kickstarter. Uh, I would have uh, um, just put more energy on that and letting people know, hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Uh, we did a little bit of that, um, but not enough. 
Um, also, the market in Canada is a lot smaller than um, than the U.S. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, finding a way to uh, mitigate that and, and make that gap a little bit smaller. I mean, we live in a, a global village, if you will, nowadays, right? Um, but still, right. coming yep. from Canada sometimes is um, uh, not seen as uh, approachable as uh, as coming from the states. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's a, a hindrance for us. Um, but yeah. it, it was a little bit of um, uh, I should have spent more time focusing on how to um, uh, approach that. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. So you know, so with eleven days to go, and and you know, with the campaign that's fun that's that's already funded, what's sort of been some strategies to kind of just keep that momentum going outside of being on this amazing podcast talking to me? Uh, outside of that one, you know, what what are the other things that you're kind of th- been thinking about or talking about? Um, just you know, just to kind of make sure you have a big push at the end. Uh, so we're uh, we're just keep going on with our Facebook advertising. Um, collaborations that that's definitely something that we're doing um, we have some um, uh, exclusive uh, promos coming up towards the campaign so uh, we, we might see a little bit of a price drop there or a, a one day only kind of flash sale um, hint hint yeah. hint um, so that's definitely something that that we're, we're thinking about but it's just constant like uh, creating partnerships and um, getting press releases and getting uh, media coverage, uh, just getting those eyeballs constant around the clock. Brigitte is is uh, making those connections just to get us more um, get us more PR. Right, cool, very cool. So, what does scale look like for you? I mean, what um, what do you envision it looking like? Um, so, what I what I envision for the Melton Shoe Company is just, um, I mean, everyone wants to make it big and and make it huge, right? Uh, I don't I don't mm-hmm. know if that's uh, what I what I want um, if it means compromising um, the vision of the brand and, and what we stand for uh, as you start to get bigger uh, from what I've read from what I've heard who I've consulted with uh, things start to change really rapidly so um, my my core desire is to make sure that the integrity of what we're trying to represent and what we're trying to do is always maintained which is the inspiration the motivation um, the uh, um, the transparency behind what it means to be an entrepreneur. Like there's there's no shortcuts. You know, yeah. it's the hard work. Um, just going at it. So uh, if that's always clear, um, you know, and I, I never want to. Let's say we go to retail and and now the shoes are five times the cost that they were when we first started. Like that that just doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't sit well with me, right? Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's the vision. And I mean, I'm sure it's going to grow organically. Um, so just keep going, just keep going at it and, um, growing the team. Uh, that's a really, really big thing for me. Um, being in the military also, and, uh, uh, being given tasks that sometimes seem, um, impossible and then having a team behind you and beside you, uh, to literally fight in the trenches with you. That's, that's huge. So, uh, the people that I'm surrounded oh, with yeah. is, is number one. I give priority to that. Um, so making sure that we're growing that team organically, everything else is just going to kind of fall into place because the energy is amplified. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone shares the same vision, attitude, mentality. So yeah, absolutely. And how about for you personally? Like, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Is this something that you would envision maybe selling this company to somebody else, or you're always doing it, or or no, you know, starting another company. What, what do you see yourself? That's um, that's a hard question. I'm kind of like a an in the moment kind of person. Uh, yeah, I do have my five year and, and ten year um, goals. Uh, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I definitely think I will keep creating businesses. Um, but for the Milton Shoe Company, uh, I think it'd be kind of hard to sell it <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> because it, it hits so close to home with uh, with right. everything. Like it's my heritage. I mean, my name is on there, um, so it would be kind of hard to do that. Uh, definitely open to options. I mean, if there's anyone out there listening and they're like, "Yeah, well, you know, uh, we want we want to buy your company," I wouldn't say uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I always have always have a conversation about that. Um, and I'm sure yeah. Brigitte's on the same page about that too. But this is this is our little project. Like this is um, this is this is for us for at least the next five to ten years, right? 
So, yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Is there anything that, that has, like, uh, in your dashboard kind of stuck out as maybe weird? Like, oh, man, we've got a whole bunch of orders from Australia. That's, that's, you know, or anything, anything that's been kind of odd uh, that you've been looking at? Uh, you know what? Yeah, we have. We have one, like, from – we have a few from all over the world. We have one from – I'm just taking a look at the dashboard now again. But we have one from Singapore. Um hmm. Where else did we have one from? It's kind of strange. That's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, we had yeah, one Singapore. also from um, from England. I found that one kind of strange because, I mean, England makes really good shoes. Like they, they like in <laughs> right. like in their backyard, right? Uh, right. Which yeah. which for me again is is um, proof of concept, right? Like you can have yep. you can right. have shoes like really good shoes made anywhere. Um, but I I would assume I can't speak for it, but I would assume that that person really identified with the brand and really identified what we're trying to do, um, which I haven't seen anyone else out there do any, anything similar in terms of the um, the meaning behind why you're putting these shoes on your feet every morning, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, that's, that's why we're on the, why we're talking right now, because I haven't seen something like this depth. I've seen shoe campaigns, but not to this sort of in depth. And I think you've done a great, great job with that. So awesome. kudos to that. So, so where can people find, um, you know, more info if they want to dive in you outside of the Kickstarter? Uh, yeah. So, uh, our website is, uh, www.milton.shoes. Um, there's no .com at the end. That's, that's usually what people say uh, right after I say they're like .com. No, no, or .ca. No, yeah. no, no, uh, no. It's just yeah. milton.shoes, which is, uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I think it's a cool domain. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you, can have, you can get a, a lot of information on all the different entrepreneurs, on all the different styles. Um, you can also sign up to our newsletter. Uh, we're trying to make it a monthly newsletter, but it's been a little bit difficult this past couple of months with everything leading up to the <laughs> Kickstarter. Our focus has yep. been shifted just slightly. Um, yeah, you can sign up to the newsletter. Again, the website is www.milton.shoes. Um, our Facebook is the Milton Shoe Company, and our Instagram is Milton Shoes. So um, any one of those uh, uh, outlets, you can get more information. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on uh, on Instagram. Um, and our Kickstarter, if you search the Milton Shoe Company, um, you can you can register there um, and pledge towards the campaign. Awesome. Milton, well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to sit down and chat. I'm glad we could uh, get rescheduled and uh, and get this interview in, man, because it, uh, it was great talking to you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Likewise, thank you so much, and thank you to everyone listening. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. And continue uh, continued success on the, on the shoes, man. All, all of them look great. And you're probably going to get a back here from me in just a moment here after I am like, all right. I, awesome. Which, I'll which one's your one favorite? I, I haven't asked you which one's your favorite yet. <laughs> you know, I am a, I'm a Chelsea uh, style guy. You know, nice. I've got a little bit of a 70s vibe here with my, uh, my, my look and my feel. Um, but, you know, my wife wants me to actually become an adult and get, you know, more like, uh, you know, um, you know, like maybe like one of those chestnut shoes, like the. You know, like the you know, oh, regular the ones, whatever it is. But, yeah, 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 something like that. But I'm just, you know, I work from home. I don't, you know, I'm just not, I'm just I not there. Yeah, you know? hey, Peter Pan made it work. You know, like he never exactly. really grew up. So <laughs> I know, I know. And I, my '70s vibe. That's yeah, what people think. You know, I got the big aviators. And the, that's awesome. The facial Love hair. It. That's what people think. So, all right, man. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you again. It was a pleasure. All right, how about that conversation we just had with Milton? Great stuff, a lot of great advice. Definitely, if you guys are interested in getting a new pair of shoes and looking good, these things look sweet. Go check them out right now. Go over to Kickstarter, go to Facebook, you got all the info. Uh, I'll put a link in, uh, in the page as well. So go check them out, support, pick up a pair. Very cool. Um, the song we're listening to is a song called The Finer Things. It features a bunch of vocalists back in the Sugar People days. I think we've got Unique on this, and we've got Brandy Sweat and Jake, Willie. I think I think the whole team was on this one. And uh, it was on the record Sugar People that came out in 2008. And uh, all right, guys, I'm going to talk to you all later this week. And until uh, then, stay safe and talk to you all later. I'm looking for love
looking for the real deal Somebody you can call on, lean on and make the team strong Well, you looking in the right direction We can make the right connection, just lean back And watch the lights reflect in I'm only looking at your ass, cause it's calling me I ain't a front, I don't stunt, ain't no stalling me I just want you to be all you can be When you need to be, ain't no greed in me Ain't no greed in me Blinded by the dark 